Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm your host Brandon Yates and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Yang Wang and Tian Yu and today we have a special guest and official Olympic commentator of the Beijing 2008 Summer Games. Paul Dong is joining us for today's chat and we are very grateful for him joining us today and today we will be talking about the World University Games which is finally coming to Chengdu after the event was postponed twice due to the COVID pandemic. Over 10,000 student athletes and officials from around 170 countries and regions are in the Chinese city for the showpiece event formerly known as Universiade. This year's World University Games will stage 18 competitions with 15 compulsory sports. It's expected to bring some exciting sports action in its 12-day span. Uh, so Tian Yu, I understand you are in Chengdu at the moment. How are things going over there? Are you enjoying the game so far? Uh, yeah, well, so far so good, man. This, everything's beautiful here in Chengdu. The food is good. The, mm. the, the people here is very nice. Yeah, you, you guys must come and visit here. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being there right now. I'm actually quite hungry. So <laughs> the, the fact that there's some good food there is always, that's always a bonus. So I'm glad to hear things are going well. Paul, um, we know the World University Games are a pretty significant event, but in your, well, from your perspective, what makes it significant when we already have, for example, the Olympic Games, which also tends to feature um, some young athletes that are attending? So what would you say is um, the special defining factor that makes the World University Games something so exciting to watch? Well, I'm not sure I'm the right person to ask this question because the <laughs> The university games or world university games has been just too special for, for me because my very first overseas encounter and involvement and coverage of an international sporting event was in 1993 for the world university games Wow! in Buffalo, New York. That's amazing. That's the year that I was born. <laughs> <laughs> That's my very first encounter and involvement and, uh, you know, kind of participation as a journalist uh, in an international, a multi-sport international event. But to your question, I, I think by its very existence and, uh, if you like, iteration over more than 60 years now, I think the inaugural university ad was back in 1960. And uh, the University of the World University Games, owned by FIZU, has been very uniquely positioned and in, in its very own unique reason to exist with or without the Olympics uh, and, and sporting competitions across campuses mm. date back maybe even longer than modern Olympics, maybe 2,000 years, when universities in Europe and the UK and Britain uh, had you know very repetitive and, and a lot of sporting competitions among their uh, students. Uh, but of course, yeah, Youth Olympics, Special Olympics, Summer and Winter Olympics, Pan American Games, Commonwealth Games, and Asian Games, uh, they have adopted very similar formats now because they are supported by international federations of various, a great number of very established sports internationally. Mm. And they are compatible, they are comparable uh, with one another. Yeah. But I think at the same time, the University Games has a lot of its own reasons, unique reasons to exist. 
Yeah, and it's pretty interesting to hear the history. I mean, it seems like, well, obviously there are unique elements to each um, sort of games that you mentioned earlier, but they also seem to be intrinsically linked historically, which is very interesting to hear. Yang Guang, from your perspective, what do you think uh, makes the World University Games um, unique in, um, in its own way? Uh, well, the university games is an event these young athletes um, compete with peers at similar mm. age, uh, ages uh, compared to the Olympic Games where there's no limit to the age of the contestants. Yeah, uh, yeah. University games is very strict about the participants' uh, age limits. Um, only those between the minimum 18-year-old and maximum 27-year-old students, athletes, are eligible to take part in the games. Um, it offers a not necessarily um, the most competitive event, but rather a fairly equal uh, competition for those sports prospects. At the Olympics, a rising star would face the best of the best right. opponents, um, no matter in what events they compete in. And on such stage, the lack of experience, I mean, in Olympics, the lack of experience impact from their mindsets uh, could largely affect those mm. young talents, Mark. Yeah, the World University Games seems to offer these up-and-coming talents the opportunity to kind of showcase their skills at like a pre-Olympic event. It's still a big deal, but I guess, like you're saying, it gives them more of an opportunity to go out there and express themselves mm -hmm. without the fear of competing against the very best of the best and, yeah. and you know, some athletes that might have 10 or so more years of experience than mm -hmm. they do. You know, they like you said, they're competing with their peers, which I think is an yeah. interesting element. Not everyone can go to the Olympics right. and say Team USA at the Olympics. The Olympians went through rounds after rounds of qualification to have a chance to represent their country. And the same with Team China and other sports powers because we have so many talents. Mm. And then, so many people just don't make the cut. Yeah. yeah. Sports encourages open participation and I think the University Games is such a case. And um, I think it goes beyond sports. As far as I know, it's the event that invites the most number of college students from around the world together for one occasion. We know how much college students like to party and uh, <laughs> I would say the Games is the biggest college party of the world. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place for students in different culture languages and different colors to get along and get to know each other through sports uh, um, if i may can i disagree a little bit i, <laughs> okay. I absolutely agree a lot to uh, what has just been uh, you know mentioned but i i also have some slight differences mm. regarding the relationship between the university games and the olympics i think we now have olympics for youth we cannot uh, mess up between the youth and the uh, adult or senior Olympics. Right. And that and the one between the university and the Olympic Games. Because for some sports, for example, there are some sports that have very young athletes already taking part in the Olympic Games or yeah. winning medals well before they qualify for the university games. Like in gymnastics and diving, you have some teenagers who are not up to the age of getting enrolled in any college yet. But at the same time, some retired Olympians, they may, you know, apply to enter into a school, into college again. Right. Mm, and mm. they have become quite old, but they are college students and they are still eligible to participate in the university ad. I guess it depends on, you know, different situations and different talent levels. I guess you'll get some youngsters that shine on the, you know, the world university stage that might, you know, not necessarily get to the 
um, the Youth Olympics or to the Senior Olympics. And then again, like you said, you might get some retired um, Olympic athletes that reached their peak potentially at a very young age and then decided to go back to college and study something and then, you know, shine once again on a different stage. So there's definitely a lot of um, backstories that would make you know, the World University Games and the Olympics and even the Junior Olympics um, unique and interesting in their in their own ways. And I suppose, you know, athletes all have different stories to tell. And that's also something that makes sports so fantastic indeed. Um, Tianyu, uh, I'm sure that the, the games have been very interesting so far. But just from your side of things, what has caught your attention so far at the Chengdu Games? Anything particular that has been interesting so far? Well, first of all, as a sports fan, my focus on the game are still going to be the competitions and the athletes. And this time, as as a reporter, I get to watch and follow these games really closely. To be honest, there are still certain games that I've never really watched before, like water polo. And, and the game <laughs> That's one of my favorites. between Germany and Japan was really fun to watch. It was really intense and back and forth, just like any other sports. Mm. It was like football on water. Yeah, and but it's a high-scoring game, right? That's what makes that, it so exciting as well, is that there's so many goals scored. I mean, it seems like a goal is scored yeah. like every 20 seconds. Yeah, Quite yeah. Sim- similar to basketball yes. in a way. Yeah, between basketball and yeah. football. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only knew today that water polo also has long shots, corners, and penalties, just <laughs> like football. Right, right. And, and I think a lot of people don't know, but water polo is actually a highly physical and demanding sport. Sounded water. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has been seen as one of the most difficult ones to play. And talking about the game, in, in the second quarter, there were six ghosts created by both sides in just one minute. So, so the tempo of the game was really quick. The Japanese players were catching up really quickly when they were lacking behind. But still, it was the German side that seemed to have better physical and mental strength. So, so a great game. And apart from the competitions, what was also amazing to me about the university games this year is all the promotional campaigns and efforts of the organizers. You know, the host city, Chengdu, has established a large number of volunteer stands across the city in places like airports, traffic hubs and business centers where they, there are a lot of volunteers offering you information like travel guides and hmm. competition results to make sure that the audiences, travelers, and citizens can be well-informed about the games. Apart from that, like always, the organizers of the university games have launched a cute mascot this time called Rombao, which is a cute little panda holding a torch. Nice. And franchise products based on the mascot, like toys, refrigerated stickers, and T-shirts, were snatched up very quickly in shops across the city. Mm. And it reminded me of the of the 2022 Winter Olympics where Bingo and Duen toys were really popular among people from all over the world. Mm. I think human beings just can never resist the charm of cute <laughs> animals like Jan Penis. Yeah. And apart from that, the, the organizers have also launched a series of cultural events. There will be one where they invited athletes from all over the world and journalists and volunteers to watch various performances and have the chance to talk to each other. So I think the, this University Games in Chengdu is not only a grand sports event, but also a very great platform for young people to communicate with each other and know more about different cultures and lifestyles. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear that, um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, a lot of the sporting action has been very exciting, but that uh, the fact that you saw that Germany-Japan uh, water polo game and you being exposed to water polo for the first time, that's really fantastic. I know uh, as a South African, uh, water polo is a very popular school sport where I'm from. 
and it's something that I played for many years and I agree it's it's very entertaining there's a lot of goals scored there's a lot of tactics there's fitness there's speed there's strength there's a lot of um, sporting elements involved in that sport that make it really really exciting to watch so I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed that and yeah Tianyu I have to agree the social element of um, the World University Games I think is something that I'm sure the athletes in particular really look forward to and it's definitely great to hear that you know people from all around the world um, different cultures, different backgrounds are getting together, you know, competing, having fun, socializing. It's really, really fantastic to hear. So I'm glad to hear that that spirit is still well and alive at this year's World University Games. I'll now pass it over to Yang Guang, though, who is going to take us through the biggest sporting headlines from the past week. And we'll be right back to continue this conversation after those headlines. All right, Paris organizers unveiled torch design for the 2024 Olympics to mark the one-year countdown to the Games. The NBA's Boston Celtics have managed to keep Jalen Brown with the team with the richest contract in NBA history, a five-year, $300 million deal. Chinese teenager Xiang Junchen downed world number 41 Ben Shelton at ATP Atlanta Open to earn the biggest win of his career. Kylian Mbappe reportedly refused to meet representatives of Saudi Arabian team Al-Hilal, which has made a world record 300 million euro bid for the French striker. Spanish midfielder David Silva announced the end of his career at age of 37, one week after suffering a serious knee injury. Bronny James, son of LeBron James, was discharged from hospital after suffering cardiac arrest earlier this week during practice. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Um, Yangguang, China has held the World University Games several times, as we've already mentioned, including in 2001 in Beijing and 2011 in Shenzhen. But what does hosting the event mean to China this time around? Well, it's the first big multi-international sporting event hosted by China after uh, the country came out of the impact of the pandemic. Of course. Um, it right. means a lot um, because we know in the past three years, almost all the international sporting events were in a hiatus in China. We did host the Winter Olympics, but that was under the closed-loop management due to mm. the pandemic. Uh, other than that, it's all stopped. Uh, Formula One, tennis tour. Um, it's now time to build this confidence, not only for Chinese organizers, but sports officials athletes and spectators and that China is back to the sports business and yep. uh, the Chengdu World University Games is the starting point and hosting a successful games would be a great build-up uh, to the return of the international sporting scope for the rest of the year we will also hold the Hangzhou Asian Games um, the tennis Shanghai Masters and the WTA finals uh, in Shenzhen, uh, we'll also be back. Fantastic. So Chengdu should be a window to let the world see, okay, China is good to go and uh, has largely gotten rid of the COVID impacts. Another perspective to see see this is that um, Beijing once um, hosted the summer university. It's the, it's the capital city, the political, cultural, um, technological hub of mm -hmm. China. Ten years later, Shenzhen, the emerging metropolis, which is a great example of China's rapid development and mm. 
how it became the, the world's second largest economy hosted the university games. Uh, now Chengdu, a so-called new first-tier city in China, is hosting the event. Each time the games witnessed a new China um, right. in the 20 or so years time span, especially for those university students, athletes. The World University Games is uh, a mirror reflecting how China has changed in the past two decades. Uh, and Chengdu proves that um, these mega sporting events hosting thousands of athletes are no longer the exclusive rights of top cities like Beijing, Shanghai and Shenzhen. China has now plenty of cities capable of holding such games. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to hear the significance of each event that you mentioned, you know, Beijing, Shenzhen and now Chengdu and kind of the progression of China over those years and how each city kind of represents a different element of that progression. So that's also fantastic to hear and also gets to provide the, uh, you know, China the opportunity to show different sides of China's one and what makes, uh, makes each city significant for its own reason. But for this one in particular, I think that uh, the post-COVID event I think is incredibly significant as well to show the world that look, China's ready to invite the world around again and get um, back onto the sporting map and the sporting calendar and be a country that is one of the hubs of some of the most important sporting events exactly. on the global calendar. So I think that is hugely significant and it's also great to hear that so far so good that it's going really well indeed. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts on hosting this event in China uh, this year? What, what makes it significant for you? Very frankly, as a native of Beijing, I think I should have been, you know, envied or jealous about <laughs> right. for, uh, being always the very first in China to have the privilege to host something unprecedented from 1990 Asian Games to uh, 2001 the University Year, 2008 uh, with Summer Olympics and now 2022 Winter Olympics. I kept asking myself or the entire country or the people, why always Beijing? Why don't we give some other places, other cities, mm. more opportunities. Maybe China was taking it, hosting something that big uh, for the very first time uh, that uh, to secure that everything would go as perfectly as possible. But now the country has at least, I think, uh, more than a dozen cities with a population of more than 10 million. And if you compare the size of these cities to any of the previous and now bidding host the cities for the Olympics or university games, and they, they very naturally automatically qualify to be a very developed metropolis to be considered a candidate instead of just Beijing or Shanghai or Shenzhen. But when it comes to the country from that perspective or angle, yes, the, the concept of China hosting, a Chinese city hosting does make sense. The, the University Games uh, Organization, International Federation, and also the IOC Olympic Games, and all the other international federations, they would primarily or on top of everything care about the quality of the event itself. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and then when it comes to the country China behind each particular city bidding to host a major event. When it comes to China, okay, the country has already built up the experience. And from Chengdu to Shenzhen to Shanghai, to Xi'an, to Harbin, the experience can be shared very smoothly and seamlessly. And that increases the trust from the international community in whatever city who will be hosting <laughs> this particular event. 
Yeah, and I think what you said earlier, Paul, that sign of confidence, you know, instilling that confidence into other cities around China, I think that's also incredibly important. And to also show the world, look, Beijing isn't the only city that is capable of hosting a world-class event. There are many um, massive, thriving cities in China that are able to put on a really fantastic show. So I think um, instilling that confidence in a city like Chengdu is a really significant event indeed. Tianyu, any uh, thoughts on the significance of this year's um, World University Games? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think I think the university games not only an arena for professional sports players, but also a very good opportunity for better communication ex- and exchanges between young people from all over the world. Mm. And also, this year's host city Chengdu is is a place which has a long history, and at the same time has a lot of young people choosing this to stay here. You can see many uh, cultural relics here in historic sites, and also. You can experience the buzzing nightlife here in the center of the city. It seems to reflect university culture in a way as well. Like you were saying, you know, the nightlife and young people living there and that kind of thing. It seems to be quite a a seemingly perfect uh, location for the World University Games, right? Yeah, you you know, you can demonstrate both sides of of China, you know, with with such a long history, but also a booming country with vigor and hosting the event here enables people from other countries to know more about China, and it could really boost the, the development of the city itself. Mm. Yeah, so there's definitely a variety of elements that we've all touched on that makes this year's World University Games in Chengdu um, so significant indeed. And I think it's really fantastic to hear that all of those elements are being recognized, and it really does seem like um, that choice of a host city was a fantastic choice indeed that is working out so well um, you know, for attendees and also for all of the students that are participating. Tianyu, I'll stay with you. Are there any, you know, just sticking to, um, well, moving towards uh, the actual, you know, action that's taking place, are there any particular athletes or events we should all be watching out for at this year's Games? Well, as for this year's event, there will be 34 players out of the whole Chinese team that have taken part in the Olympic Games before. A lot of Chinese fans would be thrilled to watch the women's basketball matches. Uh, in Team China, we have the star player Han Shu, who is the MVP who helped China lift the trophy of this year's Asian Cup. And she's currently playing for Team New York Liberty in WNBA. And apart from basketball and swimming, we have Zhang Yufei, who I believe is a very familiar name for many Chinese fans. In the Tokyo Olympic Games, she won two gold and two silver medals for China in different uh, individual and relay competitions. And I believe it's very likely for her to achieve good results here in Chengdu. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot to look forward to. And it also sounds like Team China has a really, really strong team going at uh, mm. into this uh, World University game. So we're going to be wishing them all of the best, of course. Paul, any athletes or teams uh, that we should be keeping yeah. an eye on? Um, anything in particular yeah. that you're going to be uh, looking out for? Yeah, I really like to share what's on my mind. And to this particular question, I have been asked by some people who can be expected during the university ad. I think it kind of uh, give me a reason that I should follow the university ad. <laughs> I need some big names. Right, right. But I think for the sake of sports or for the development of university games or the idea of uh, encouraging college students to be more athletic, I would rather see more unfamiliar faces. Mm. 30 years ago, when I was in in Buffalo, New York, China's men's basketball team finished among the top four. Although on the title-winning American team, we had 
Carl Malone and Charles Barkley and, Seb- uh, and a few what? other names <laughs> who were less known, very little known. Back then, <laughs> they became very well known later. The <laughs> they became but legends. Could predict that what would happen. Yeah. To them. And uh, what makes Universiad again unique from other multi-sport games is uh, is for college students. It's, it stresses the representation and demonstration of great strength in mind and body. Yeah, it's an incredible opportunity um, that university uh, student athletes get to have, you know, potentially um, travel to different cities and different countries around the world every two years. And I think that is a critical element of what makes the World University Games so special indeed is like, uh, like you said, the events themselves and the sporting action and the competition, but also the cultural and immersive opportunities that are provided to um, the student athletes that are taking part. And hopefully they are getting that combined experience here in China. And it's something that they will probably carry with them for the rest of their lives. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest talking point and we'll see you then. 